Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. The Natural Man Podcast is intended as general information for educational purposes only. and should not be construed as medical advice or a diagnosis of any kind or as a substitute for medical treatment. The information provided in this podcast is not meant to replace the advice of or treatment by any physician. Do not rely upon any information to replace consultations or advice received by qualified health professionals regarding your own specific situation. If you suspect that you have a medical problem, you are urged to seek competent medical help. The Natural Man Podcast and its representatives and agents disclaim any liability for any negative or other medical or other outcomes that may occur as a result of acting on or not acting on any information contained in the podcast. The views and opinions expressed by the host and all guests are their own, and their appearance on this podcast and at the website of The Natural Man Podcast does not imply any endorsement of them or any entity they represent and does not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of The Natural Man Podcast. This is The Natural Man Podcast. Yeah, so we uh, <laughs> we had some technical problems, but uh, I'm glad you're here, and I'm glad you made the time to hang out with us, Dr. Linda Wright. Thank thank you for inviting me. Oh, for sure, for sure. Yeah, you come highly recommended. I know we talked about a mutual friend uh, who we both know that recommended I reach out to you, and I, I jumped on your website, really thought you had a unique take on a lot of things, all things medical, and so that's why I wanted to have you on the podcast and uh, just grateful that you're here. Well, thank you. I'm grateful. I'm here too. Yeah. And you, so you actually got your training as a medical doctor. We talked to a lot of holistic practitioners and NDs, naturopathic doctors. Um, and it's exciting when we get medical doctors because they have a different take on things um, initially, you know, you go to medical school, you learn the standard practice of, you know, Western medicine, Western care, however you want to call it. And, um, and then some things might put you on a different course. And, uh, I want to talk to you about that. I mean, you started off, uh, going the conventional route. And so how did that shift happen? Well, actually I grew up with it. Um, my mom got into alt-med when I was five years old. Um, she had a sister that had colon cancer and had, um, mainstream, uh, cut, burn, and poison, if you will. Uh, she had the surgery. She was four years out, uh, when my mom went to Florida, took me to Florida with her from Michigan. And the sister had had colon cancer for like four years and had already gone through multiple surgeries, chemo, radiation, all of it. And my mom then took the sister to the Hoxie Cancer Clinic, which was then in Dallas, Texas. And um, when she came back, um, and we went back to Michigan, it, it changed the whole perspective. And we started doing nutritional supplements, organic gardening. My mom got into Adele Davis, who was a nutritionist like in the late 40s, early 50s, wrote a bunch of books like uh, You Are What You Eat and Let's Eat Right to Keep Fit and books like that. My mom became almost a clone of Adele Davis. And that's what I grew up with. And, and, and I didn't really know who to believe. This was the 50s. I mean, she was like 70 years ahead of her time. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, so uh, I thought I was going to be a mechanical engineer. Um, and I went to college at Wayne State University in Detroit, and then I became a college dropout um, and became a ski bum in Aspen for a couple years, and I was bored. And I liked working with people. I was a waitress. I'd have been a cashier in a grocery store. I liked working with people. And I was good in science, and I was like, well, you know, what am I going to do? And um, I, I, I thought about it just intensely for months. And I realized that um, if, how do you combine 
uh, when you're good in science with working with people. And so I decided to go to med school. And I didn't know who to believe. You know, my mom was like on this whole, whole different page than everybody else. And everybody else is like, you know, mainstream. Yeah, right? and you and you went so you went into med school already exposed to the holistic type of living. So yes. what was that like? Well, I didn't know who to believe in. You know, the first couple of years of med school is is the basics. They teach you anatomy and biochem and physiology and microbiology and all that. I, I have my undergraduate degrees in chemistry. So the chemistry part wasn't new and you know the pre-med is you get that those sort of basics um but then they teach additional ones in med school uh and and as a second year med student they were teaching pharmacology and um i did take an elective nutrition class it was like eight hours or something like that and i didn't really learn much that was new but i realized with all this pharmacology it was like I was being trained to just uh, prescribe drugs. Yeah. I wasn't really being trained in what's really the underlying piece that's going on here. When you finished medical school, you, you said that, you know, in your bio that you felt like you were just spinning your wheels. So talk about that. Actually, in med school, as I was taking medical histories... Um, I had I had a hard time because it was always like the history of present illness. But these people were sick, and then they developed something else, and then they developed something else, and then the next thing was the present illness. But I kind of saw it as a continuum then. I had a hard time kind of differentiating, okay, now they have ulcerative colitis, but before that they had chronic fatigue or fibromyalgia or whatever. And so when I got out, I tried to make mainstream medicine work. I used the medications and that they taught me mm -hmm. on how to do that, but um, people would not get well and they'd have side effects. And I actually had one patient who had seen a holistic doc uh, and I'd been treating her for, you know, a couple months with recurrent sinus infections. She went and saw a holistic doc and when she came back, she said, I want to let you know that I'm much better and my sinus infections are gone. And I saw that her skin was brighter, her energy was better. And I was like, okay, who'd you see and what'd you do? Yeah. Wow. Right? Yeah. And yeah. And then um, I was a, at one point I was a contractor for IBM. And um, I had a couple people come in to see me for occupational medicine stuff, but they... They actually came in and said, oh, I had chronic fatigue syndrome. And ever since I've been seeing so-and-so, I'm better. And he wants you to call him. So I called him up. <laughs> and and uh, he was a chiropractor. So, you know, as MDs, we're supposed to be skeptical of chiropractors. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Although my mom's best friend when I was growing up was a chiropractor. Okay, but, uh, you know, MDs are like, those aren't real doctors, right? Right. So, um I called him up. He said, yeah, come on out to, you know, here and I'll buy you lunch. So I went out there and he bought me lunch. And um, that was Longmont, Colorado. He, I went out to Longmont, Colorado and he bought me lunch. And then he said, yeah, come on back to my office. Because my energy was low and, uh, you know, I'd been through oh, 11 years of intensive training, you know, morning and night and really being persistent and working at it and I was exhausted yeah yeah come on out to my office I can help you so I show up in his office and and who's this receptionist but my former receptionist really so they yeah they plotted this okay <laughs> it was all a ploy yeah totally so anyway um he he recommended some supplements and I felt better and then it dropped back and I went back, you know, the next week, and, and then he gave me something else, and uh, I felt better, and then it dropped back. And then the third time, and I was studying for board exams at the time, and the third time he gave me something, and my brain woke up. Hmm. I, I, was, I had worked with a learning psychologist because I was going to pass those darn boards first time, period, no question, right? Yeah. And... Um, 
and she taught me certain techniques to find the keywords and make mind maps and things like that. And what I found was after taking this other nutritional supplement, instead of having to work at it, the words were jumping off the page at me. Hmm. And I knew that things changed and that my concept of what needed to be done with patients had changed. What did he give like, you? Um, he gave me some essential fatty acids. Really? I mean, yes. I mean, we started with certain minerals mm -hmm. and enzymes and then um, some essential fatty acids. Essential fatty acids come in like three, three types, omega-3s, omega-6s, and omega-9s. Mm -hmm. And depending on your genetics, whether you grew up coastal or your ancestors were on the coast, you tend to need more omega-3s. If they were inland and they were eating organ meats, because on the coast they're eating fish. Right. If they're inland and eating organ meats, they need omega-6s more. Mm. And there's a whole, there's a book on that. I read that book like, oh my God, five times. And you can't, I mean, it was so old, you can't even find it on the internet anymore. There's like what, But what's one, the book called? The book was Essential Fatty Acids and Immunity in Mental Health hmm. by Charles Bates. It's amazing. I was looking for the book on the internet recently. There was one copy and they wanted a, like $105. Or I something. hate when they do that. You, you find that one book, that medical book that's sought after and it's like 300, 300 bucks and there's one copy in like Cleveland. <laughs> right. And yeah. that's because they're not continuing right. to publish it, yeah. right? Yeah. But I read that book, I mean, I, I read it once, and then and then I, I worked with that with patients, and then, because uh, he talks about food allergies in the first two chapters, and the next five chapters, he talks about essential fatty acids. And it was really enlightening, because I realized that a lot of the things that I was seeing in patients were essential fatty acid deficiencies. Mm. So anyway, um, and, and the first part was like food sensitivities, right? Yeah. And so that was quite the education. So I read the book once and worked with it, and then I read it again. And the second time you read a book or you find another similar book, other things pop out at you. Right. So I like read it five or six times. I should probably reread it, but again but i think i have it almost memorized now because i've been working with it with myself and with patients for a while and that's just that was my intro uh, my second intro if you will that's besides wild. my mom that is besides wild. my mom yeah and so so do you find that and a deficiency in essential fatty acids is a common problem with the people that you treat um it's one of the problems we aren't, you know, compared to our ancestors, our environment is totally changed. Yeah. Our food supply is changed. Um, and so essential fatty acids is one of the pieces. What people, what's going on is the, the minerals in the soils are markedly depleted from agriculture mm -hmm. in general. And then... Uh, the plants are sick, right? Yeah. If they weren't sick, they wouldn't need pesticides. Right. If they needed pesticides in 1900, they wouldn't be here today. Yeah. Right? Yeah, they'd be so, extinct. Right. Yeah. And, 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 and pesticides are one of the, quote, phytochemicals, which just means a plant chemical. And um, so the plants are deficient, and, then, and, and they're sick. And then the animals eat those plants, and they're sick. And, and so we're eating the sick plants and the sick animals at best. And then we process those foods. And yeah. then people are eating the processed foods, which are additionally nutrient-depleted. Yeah. So what do people need? They need... They're missing everything. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's, that's one of the things that I do with patients because you can't get well. Yeah. I work with patients with chronic illness. You can't get well. Your body knows how to heal itself. Mm -hmm. it, it, you've got the architectural design. You've got the workers there. You need the building blocks. There are essential building blocks that you need to get from the foods, but it's, it's not there. Yeah. 
no, that's so true. And, um, you know, it's funny how you talk about minerals. And I've shared in the past how magnesium depleted I was and chronically sick for a few years until I started supplementing with uh, magnesium. And what a difference that's made in my life. And I was just grateful that I had found that deficiency. But um, like, how do we overcome because magnesium is just one of many minerals that we need. And you're right. The food supply is depleted. And so we can't always look to foods to nourish ourselves. So what do we do to get those minerals? Well, there, there's data from the governmental agencies, like the Department of Agriculture, that in Compared to 1900 to 1955, I've got a graph on this, the soil minerals have gone down about 95%. So we're at about 5% of what we were in 1900. Wow. That's crazy. (laughs) And our body utilizes 59 minerals. Mm -hmm. 59, not just magnesium, but 59. Yeah minerals and the only way to get it as as I, as best as I can tell is from a supplement. Some people are doing juicing and I think that's helpful because you can concentrate the nutrients but there's still not enough in even the organic foods today. They've done studies and it varies. Um, some studies look at the organics and they say they're no more nutrient dense than the non-organics. They're just missing the pesticides, herbicides, etc. Um, but then there's other studies and it may have to do with the quality of the organics. There's A, B, and C grade organics. Hmm. So maybe if you get the A grade, it's better, but it's, we're not getting the foods from, um, like they're not wild. They're not out, you know, wherever. Now, Weston Price, do you know that? Have you heard of Weston Price? I'm a huge Weston A. Price fan. Huge fan. Okay. So I told West- you we're on the same page. <laughs> I know, I know. So Weston Price, I don't know if you've discussed Weston Price in previous podcasts. I haven't, so please tell us. Okay. So Weston Price was a dentist in 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 like the late nineteen twenties, early nineteen thirties, he recognized that his patients like he he was seeing you know the grandfather great grandfather grandfather father children and there was a deterioration that he saw in their dentition that they would have a lot of cavities the bone structure changed and the kids as as the generations went on and the kids would have like um you know crowded teeth and uh, facial deformities and things like that. And they would also have chronic problems like arthritis and asthma and allergies. And he thought this was rather strange. So he decided to go around the world and look for, why is this? And so he went to remote areas. I, I don't know how he did it then. He traveled to the remote areas. He must have taken boats and I don't know. Yeah. But this was this was like the 1930s. And um, he found in these remote areas um, that these problems weren't going on, that there was the the natives were healthy. Right. And they had good bone structure. They had hardly any dental caries. The women could get pregnant. The children were were born. Uh, and were healthy, and when these, it, this was like a remote community. He went to like 14 countries and and looked at this, okay, and he took photographs. Mm-hmm. So when these people that were out in the remote areas moved down the mountain into an area where um, they had convenience stores, over several years, these people would get sick, um, if they were able to have children, the children had deformities, um, and a lot of times the women couldn't get pregnant. Mm-hmm. And when these people moved from, and he called, he, the, there were these foods, he called them 
um, the displacement foods of modern commerce. Hmm. So they were eating these foods that were nutrient depleted. And when they moved back up to the mountainside with their tribe within a couple years, they got healthy again. They were, women were able to get pregnant and the children were born healthy. Isn't that something? Yeah. So, so Weston Price was rather fascinated by this. Mm -hmm. So he took these food samples back to his lab in Cleveland, Ohio. And he found at least in those foods, four times the mineral content of the foods that were in, you know, the city where he was in Cleveland, okay? Mm -hmm. four, four times the mineral content in those foods that he found in, in those remote areas, okay? Because they were grown, you know, they weren't, you know, maybe they were farming some, but it wasn't like, our current farms. So yeah. four times the mineral content and the same with vitamin C's, C and vitamin B or the vitamins uh, B. And, and, and then he found that with the fat soluble nutrients, they were at least 10 times what he was seeing in the American diet. And that was in the 1930s. Wow. That's like, you know, 90 years ago. Yeah. And so we have continued to grow foods again and again on depleted soils. Yep. And so um, that's what we're seeing today. And so, and, and he published a book back in 1939, the title of which was, and, and it wouldn't be a popular title today, Nutrition and Physical Degeneration. Mm. Okay, and he describes all this and he has the photos in the book. So that's what we're seeing now in 1930s, in the 1930s in this country, they were talking about how the soils were mineral depleted. Mm -hmm. And Linus Pauling, who was a two-time Nobel Prize winner, most people think of him as you know, kind of almost Dr. Vitamin C, if you will, because yeah. he's, he's talked a lot about vitamin C. 1936, he went in front, front of Congress and he said, we're going to see all these chronic health issues from the mineral depletion in the soils. Wow. He said that in 1936. And I have a friend who owns an agriculture company, and he said in the 1950s it was decided to, instead of quality, that we needed quantity. Yeah. So that's what we're seeing today, but we're not seeing the nutrient density. Now, I've got another quote here that I think is very interesting. Mm -hmm. It's Dr. Royal Lee. Royal Lee, in 1956, he says, one of the biggest tragedies of human civilization is the precedence of chemical therapy over nutrition. It's a substitution of artificial therapy over natural, of poisons over food in which we are feeding people poisons trying to correct the reactions of starvation. Wow. That's heavy. That's very heavy. That's heavy. And I and mean And that's what we're seeing. Yeah. That's what I was taught to do. Yeah. Isn't that something? And you know, it's funny that you mentioned Weston A Price because I've seen some of those photos from those different books that, you know, that he's published and I remember seeing um there was three generations of men, and maybe you saw the same photo. And I think they were the the native people of Australia. Yeah. And there was like a son, a father, and a grandfather. And they were all standing together, and they had their shirts off. And they were just the, – the oldest one was like I think 82 or something. He was in his 80s. And he was just ripped. Like he'd been lifting weights all day long, and he probably hadn't lifted weights ever. Um, I just think they were in such robust health and they were physical and, you know, whether they were building the, you know, the, the homes that they lived in or, or carried rocks or whatever they did, but their lives were physical. And so they were active. They were eating the nutrient dense foods. I mean, they had it all right. And our fast forward to us today, because this picture was taken, I think in 19, the 1920s, if I'm not mistaken. Right. And um, fast forward to where in you where you and I reside today in this modern society where everything's convenient 
and everything seems to be killing us. And I just, it's mind blowing when you look back at that and the things that Linus Paul was saying um, back in the thirties, telling Congress, I mean, what do you make of that? Um, Well, I can say that even as a child in the 1950s, we didn't see all this chronic illness we see today. I mean, today we've got like uh, people over 55, something like, you know, 59% of them are on five or more drugs. Mm -hmm. I didn't see that back when I was a kid. So, I mean, it wasn't great food-wise necessarily in the 1950s, although I had organic foods grown on virgin soils, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Although I was a very sick kid until, I mean, I nearly died before I was one. Really? Seriously, yeah. And I had my tonsils out at age five, but I was always, you know, colds all winter, quote, summer colds, which was allergies all summer. Mm -hmm. And I, you know... Eating organic foods, I think, helped. And then I left Michigan, went to Colorado without the, all the humidity and the mold and the air, all that. And I was better. But uh, still, in the 1950s, we didn't see all this chronic illness. Yeah. We didn't. I mean, yeah, we weren't as good as um, what Weston Price saw. But was much better than what we're seeing today. It's a mess today. Even even children have chronic illnesses. Yeah, like childhood asthma, diabetes. Yeah. Childhood diabetes, asthma. And you were talking about being ripped, okay? Mm-hmm. Now, I noticed recently, I pay attention, like, pretty intensely to a lot of stuff because we have to unlearn some of the things we've learned, mm-hmm. okay? Such as... You know, oh, well, you're sick, you go to the doctor and get some magic pill. Well, it works for like penicillin and infections, Mm -hmm. but for chronic problems, it doesn't tend to resolve it. Mm -hmm. So as I'm going to the grocery store and I'm seeing women wearing shorts, if you look at at the older women, you can see good muscle definition in their thighs. Mm. But if you look at the younger women... And, and their skin's always white because they're, oh, stay out of the sun. Um, <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, there's, there's no muscle definition. It's very weird. Pay attention to that. I mm. mean, I think it's very curious that, I mean, and I have good muscle definition still. Mm. And the younger people tend not to, and they're usually pasty white. Yeah. And, and sunlight is very important. Absolutely. We, we grew up. You know, these native cultures, they have sunlight on their skin, and they make vitamin D from the sunlight. Yeah. Hey, this is Mike C., and we want you to know that we only endorse products we truly believe in. We're an affiliate of best-selling author Dr. Carolyn Dean's RNA Reset Products, home of the famous Remag Liquid Magnesium Supplement. So when you go to RNAreset.com and make any purchases using the coupon code NATURALMAN, we get a commission. So if you like what we do, this is one way you can support the Natural Man podcast. Make your purchase now at rnareset.com using the coupon code NATURALMAN. Hi, I'm Steve Yurko. And I'm Tara Sands. Now available from Maji Media is our new podcast, 4Kids Flashback. 4Kids is the company who brought you the English dub of Pokemon in the late 90s and so many other shows like Yu-Gi-Oh!, Shaman King, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Kirby, the infamous One Piece dub, and so many more. We'll be talking to the people who worked at 4Kids. Actors, directors, writers, editors, producers, engineers, you get the point. And hopefully get the answers to questions both you and I have about the company. I actually worked there as a voice actor on some of the shows. And I was a kid watching the shows and remember way more than Tara does. And thank God for that. Steve is actually a professional storyboard artist, which gives some really unique insights into anime and animation. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. That's the number four kids flashback. Yeah, and we're, we're, we're all busy taking vitamin D and pills, and that's a recurring theme on this podcast, multiple guests uh, in the past have talked about this, that vitamin D doesn't come in a pill. 
You're supposed to get it from the sun. Now, not everybody can do that. So if you're living in more northern latitudes, then that's that might be a different situation. But if you're getting daily sunlight and you and I live in a city where there's more sun, um, then you should be getting outside to get sunlight, right? Yes. And sunlight actually creates thousands of molecules besides vitamin D. It creates melatonin in the mitochondria as well. And that's very important. And, and there's all these other molecules that sunlight makes besides vitamin D. So getting out into the sunlight, not till you get sunburned, but just, you know, maybe in the summertime, five minutes on each side. Yeah. Um, that would be helpful. Yeah. And, but you don't want to get sunburned, but not getting the sunlight. Sunlight actually, morning sunlight changes the circadian rhythm. Mm -hmm. So if you get sunlight, like between 7 and 9 in the morning, it changes the whole circadian rhythm thing, and it helps with sleep. If you get sunlight between about 10 a.m. and 2 p.m., then you get you know vitamin D and thousands of other molecules. Right. But you don't want to get sunburned. That's not good. But you just do, you know, like five minutes on each side. Right. And you you actually can develop, um, there's some different doctors that have talked about this. Um, if you're fair-skinned, like, like I am, and you might have the more potential to burn, you can build up a solar callus over time. And I read about this years ago, and I tested it. And I find now that even if I'm out in the summer, um, skin exposed in the summer sunlight at high noon and the UV index is like 13 where some people would roast, um, if you get out enough and you start slow, like you said, five minutes either side, once a day, whatever it is, um, you can actually develop a callus where you can tolerate more sunlight and you won't burn. And I'll give you an example. I can be out in the sun for hours now and I will not burn. Um, when I used to live in a northern latitude and I'd go visit somewhere in the south, I would burn instantly because I was never out. So you can actually build up a callus and not get scorched like some people think, but it's a process and it's a strategy and it takes some time. Yeah, and the sunburn is what's creating the skin cancers, plus right. the antioxidant deficiencies that we have because we're not getting the antioxidants and other nutrients we need from our food supply. I mean, you know, you, these, these other countries that are remote, I mean, the people aren't like, oh, my God, i got skin cancer, right? It's, it's Right. They've got the nutrients on board that helps defend against the sun. And, and, and those nutrients come from plants that are like tree-ripened, fruits that are tree-ripened. We don't get that today. Mm -hmm. The plants keep, um, in the wintertime, you know, they're kind of in hibernation, but then they start storing antioxidants in their root system. And as the spring comes, because they know they don't want to get burned, they don't. That yeah. plants, yeah. the plants don't want their fruits to get a sunburn either. So <laughs> they they store the antioxidants in their root system. And as you know, it goes through the springtime, and you get the fruits and all that. And then at some point in time, the plant knows to take its antioxidants from the root and stick it in the fruit, so that the fruit doesn't get sunburned. But we pick the fruits before they're ripe, so it doesn't have the antioxidant density. Hmm. So we're not getting the antioxidants we need because we're, you know, we pick them not ripe. I mean, I used to eat peaches back, a lot of peaches in the old days, mm -hmm. and the peaches today are they, they they don't even they they rot before they ripen. Yeah, they rot real quick now. It's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah it is. So you can't get you can't get the antioxidants out of them because it, they weren't on the tree long enough. Yeah. To get the antioxidants from the root system to the fruits. So there's we're we're clearly outlining 
all the problems with the food system, the agricultural system, how it depletes minerals, how the soils are depleted, we're not getting the right food. So to the person listening to this, where do they start with this information? What's a balanced diet, in your opinion? How do we offset that? Well, you have to eat as much as possible uh, real food. You have to eat, you know, fruits and vegetables and that are organic if possible, because I think that there is some benefit to that. Yeah. Um, and maybe you can get them at um, farmer's markets and things like that, that they're like more real. Although I did get some peaches at farmer's markets that never did ripen. Um, and, um, and then eat, you know, grass-fed, cage-free, wild-caught animal products. Mm -hmm. I think that's helpful. But you probably need to supplement, too. And I recommend that patients supplement with various things. Yeah. You know, like um, uh, usually, a lot of people have di screwed up digestion. They may need digestive enzymes. They may mm -hmm. need antioxidants, um, you know, uh, and various things. Yeah. Various, the minerals. The minerals are critical. The minerals are depleted. Yet. And so they need minerals, too, because they're not in the food supply to speak of today because we've depleted the soils with our growing practices. And, you know, something that I take, and I'd love your take on this, your professional take on this. Um, I do organic blackstrap molasses. I do a tablespoon in the morning every day. I read years ago that some some functional med docs consider that a superfood because it's so dense with nutrients. Um, what do you think of that? I am not that familiar with using blackstrap molasses for that purpose. That's okay. not something I've heard much about. Okay. Interesting. It tastes really good for one. I've been doing it for years. Um, but, uh, just thought I'd bounce that off you. Uh, well, um, it bounced off. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we need like 59 minerals. Our body uses 59 minerals. Yeah. And you may be getting a lot of that from the blackstrap molasses, but we need 59 minerals, 13 vitamins, three different essential fatty acids in order for our body, um, to work right. Cause we can't make those. They have to be gotten from the food supply. Right. And when we're eating and, processed foods, we're not getting any of that. Well, then they start out depleted. Yeah. And then we eat the processed foods, you know, the, the uh, or, and, 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 and I mean, it's not only that they're processed, then we get the, the bad stuff, the, um, you know, the, the saturated fats, we get the wrong fats and that screws us up and we get the the nutrient depleted foods and the the white flour and the you know yep. it goes on. So you 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 mentioned saturated fats. That's a that's another hot button issue that different people debate. Um, animal fats are high in saturated fats. So are those fats essential or do they lead to heart disease? Because a lot of literature out there says it leads to heart disease. What are your thoughts on that? Um. We need to have good quality fats. I think that when we're get dealing with, um, you know, some of the processed fats, the good quality fats are like olive oil and avocado oil. When we get into these other um, cottonseed oil and, and other oils, that the, the vegetable oils and so forth, um, they're not healthy for us. They are causing problems. We need to have the healthy oils um, and all the nutrients. And the oils, the, the saturated oils are a problem. They are causing problems. They're causing all kinds of problems. Heart disease is one of the background things. Um, the, the cholesterol thing is... Um, is 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 not exactly the the correct story. Right, right. That's a whole nother episode that I'll I'll invite you back on because we could probably talk about that for an hour just on its own. But you have to have the healthy fats, and yeah. you need omega threes, and you need certain omega sixes are healthy, and omega nines, and um, there's a, a doc 
PhD who's working with um, fats that are related to those fats and getting people back to neurological health with those sorts of things. And, and, and it's we're, we're missing so many things from the food supply today. It's really difficult. Yeah. And we've, we've vilified animal fats and, you know, you know the, some of the fattier animal meats. But uh, I've started to reassess that myself. I used to avoid all that stuff and, and avoid the, you know, the red meats. And, and um, I, I've kind of recalibrated my thinking. And there's, there's a lot of literature out there now saying that fats and proteins are what help nourish the mitochondria more so than carbohydrates. And so that's how some people, I think, get depleted on these straight plant-based diets, a lot of these vegan diets. They're not getting those fats. They're not getting these essential proteins. It's hard to find proteins in the, the same abundant proteins in a plant-based diet. Um, and so I don't know if animal fats are harmful as they have once been you know, as the system has told us for so long. The problem is the difference between the um, animals that are eating foods that are not their native diet right. compared to the wild caught. So like uh, buffalo, for example, have a lot of omega-3 fatty acids when they're, you know, wild caught buffalo. But when you stick cows into um, in, into just eating grains and not out there grazing, you change their diet. Right. So you've got a different a different product. So I recommend to people that they eat, you know, wild caught animal products, wild caught fish, um, mm -hmm. and and eggs that have been uh, pass from pasture raised to chickens and and things like that. It's 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 a different food supply because I mean, if you when you put these chickens into somewhere that they are they don't get the nutrients they need they they are they're sick. Yeah. And so then you eat the eggs that are sick. I mean, you can look at and I've done this. You take eggs, and you you crack them into a bowl. You take one of these eggs from pastured eggs and you compare it with the cheapo eggs and the pastured egg has a very orange yolk mm -hmm. and you take the cheapo egg from who knows you know uh, 99 cents a dozen or something and you yeah. put that and you crack it and you put it into the same bowl and it's pale in comparison yeah. the first one has a very dark orange color and there's a whole bunch of nutrients in there compared to what's in the in the one that's light yellow. Yeah. Yeah, like you said, it's a different product entirely. Yeah, and so you can't get the nutrients you need out of the depleted foods because it's just not there. Yeah. And so we end up getting sick because we're not getting the nutrients in general that are needed. And it's it's like... The foods today are depleted. The, the vegetables, they have to have pesticides. I mean, uh, unless they're organic, mm -hmm. they have to have pesticides in order to survive. Yeah. The fruits are the same way. And then, and then they're not tree ripened. Oh, and then they coat them. They, they put, you know, if it's, if it's not organic, um, and even organics are like tricky today, but with the non-organics, it's not only grown on soils that are depleted with pesticides and herbicides and Lord knows what else. And then they pick them and then they put a, a coating on them so they don't rot or mold mm -hmm. on their way to market. Mm -hmm. Right. And so they've got this one, and I don't know if there was more, called appeal. And this appeal is a coating on it so it doesn't change on the way to market doesn't ripen and it doesn't mold or anything so i had some zucchini in the fridge i kind of lost them for about six weeks mm -hmm. i pulled them out they look perfect <laughs> <laughs> so you were suspicious uh suspicious yeah i'd say <laughs> you know they coated it with something yeah and 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 
what does our body do with these chemicals? I mean, when you look at people out there today, okay, I was working with a weight loss program back uh, 20 years ago. And, um, and I had some patients who went to Europe for a couple weeks, and they said that in the airport then, in Europe, nine, eight out of nine people were slender. And here, eight out of nine people are overweight. Yeah. We're not getting the nutrients we need, and then we have all these additional chemicals compared to like other countries that are put on these foods, and then our body doesn't know what to do with them. It bubble wraps them and sticks them in the periphery. Yeah. There's a woman who works at Fry's that I talk to a lot. She's from Russia. She's been here about 20 years. She says, oh, yeah, over in Russia, they're not using all this junk. They rotate the crops, and they, they don't use all these mm -hmm. pesticides and herbicides and all that. But here, we're doing all those things. The foods are nutrient depleted more so. We have more chronic illnesses in this country, I've, I've heard, than other countries. Yeah. And what's, what's going on? Yeah. Yep. Do you think um, all this depletion of nutrients and these mineral deficiency and vitamin deficiencies that people have eventually lead to gut issues that so many Americans have today? I have worked with a lot of people with gut issues. Glyphosate, kill glyphosate, which is, you know, mm -hmm. the pesticide, mm -hmm. um, tends to be an antibiotic as well. I have seen maybe one patient that I'm aware of who was a veterinarian and her mom never gave her antibiotics. And she was like, in her early 20s. I'm like, really? And But people are getting antibiotics. And most of the time, when I see patients with gut issues, they had antibiotics either before the gut issues started or, I mean, I had one woman, she got gut issues when she was 13 and she continued to live with them. And she had a lot of antibiotics before that. Oh. How I mean... I hardly see anybody that has not had, I mean, I, I remember one patient in all these years that had never taken an antibiotic, and she came to me, and she had something going on, and she, you know, she goes, should I take an antibiotic? I said, no. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yep. And, and so um, the antibiotics destroy the gut bacteria, and then you get an overgrowth of the bad guys. Mm -hmm. And so what I do with people that have gut issues is I recommend, now there's certain products that I recommend that help um, re replace the bacteria that are needed with what they call keystone strains, like the main guys. Mm -hmm. And then you feed the gut bacteria with what the for what you want to grow. You know, you just... You feed them. They feed. They feed the good guys, and you starve out the bad guys. And then there's other things that can help with healing the gut wall, because a lot of people are getting inflammation because their gut's screwed up, and you get these bacterial byproducts and food particles and all that that cross over the gut wall, and yeah. then they get all these inflammatory diseases. So a big part of why there's all this inflammation going on comes from the gut. Yeah. Do you find? And so, Sorry, when, I'm, yeah. when I'm working with people with all kinds of health issues, one of the things I do is I help fix the gut microbiome with certain supplements. Do you find probiotics helpful in replenishing the gut? That's a very interesting question because most of the probiotics that are out there... Um, haven't had any studies done on them. They just throw a bunch of stuff in. Mm -hmm. And most of them get digested by the stomach acid, the enzymes, the bile, all that. And they don't get down to the colon. So I've worked with two different companies, both of which have had research done by microbiologists. Either the microbiologist is the head guy there or owns the company or something. And they have done research on their probiotics. And um, the first company I was working with, and oh my God, the, the patients I worked with using these supplements, 
I mean, one guy had had, um, <laughs> he was in a, he, he was a, 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 a director for famous uh, Hollywood stars, and they went down to South America to, um, and, and they had a crash in the woods, and he went into the hospital down there, and, and, and the next day he had diarrhea. Mm. And 20 years later, he had 16 diarrhea stools a day. Oh, my gosh. And he saw all these different doctors, and I worked with him, put him on some of the supplements I worked with, and in one month his diarrhea was gone. Wow. By correcting the gut bacteria. Um, other people, they will have antibiotics. It'll kill off the good guys. One dose of an antibiotic kills off up to 90% of the normal bacteria, up hmm. to 90%. And so then the opportunity is there for the opportunists yeah. to, to overgrow. And then a lot of people end up with gut issues from that. Yeah. And so... And then they have, you know, leaky gut, and then that's, you know, the bacterial byproducts and the foods and all that. And then they end up with food sensitivities, chronic inflammation, arthritis, uh, muscle pain, uh, all kinds of problems that come on with inflammation. And so correcting the gut is key to getting healthy. Yep. Did I answer your question? Yeah, oh, for sure, <laughs> for sure, for sure. And it's not a it's not a one size fits all. I think a lot of problems with the probiotics that people try to use today is they don't necessarily colonize. They get digested, like you said. Some of them get destroyed by stomach acids. Um, I've bought really expensive probiotic brands that made me feel great when I took them, and then when I stopped, the gut issues I was battling only returned. So they almost acted as a band-aid and I was dependent on them um, to feel better. So, I mean, I just find that unless you're getting something that helps colonize the gut and nourishes those good bacteria, um, some probiotics are just a band-aid. They're not much different than a pharmaceutical product. Do you know what I mean? Yes. And you have to... Um... You have to take, it, it doesn't last because we have all these, you know, uh, uh, foods that are coated with junk and we've got the glyphosate on the foods and even in the organics, a lot of times it's raised organically, mm -hmm. but then after it, you know, they take it all, like, like wheat, for example, you might go organically and it's grown organically, but then before they harvest it, they throw glyphosate on it, which kills the plant so they can more readily harvest the wheat. But that doesn't count because that's not how it was grown. It's crazy. And so you have these things that are done to the plants. Mm -hmm. And so you have to continue taking the probiotics. So when I work with people with gut issues, um, they have a program that is like a three-month program, and it was developed by microbiologists. Both companies that I work with, they developed their products, uh, the microbiologists, and they the microbiologists did the study to make sure that they got the result they wanted. Mm -hmm. So it's a three-month program, and then you have to continue twice a week to three times a week to continue taking the probiotics because otherwise the uh, you know that goes away yeah yeah and i i find that whole foods you know eating more whole foods definitely has uh benefits to the gut i, I find for myself if i you know if i'm on vacation or i'm you know i'm just which is very rare these days but if i'm binging or just kind of slacking and eating what i shouldn't be eating um I'll find I'll feel the effects of that more. But when you're eating more whole foods, when you're nourishing, when you're juicing, I'm a big juicing fan myself. Um, I think all that, you know, all the denseness of nutrients in those selections of foods um, just help the gut in a positive way. Does that make sense? Yeah, and... And but it does require. I, I it helps everything. The juicing, I think. I do juicing too, mm -hmm. not all the time, but I think it's a good thing. But then you're still missing the correct fibers, and it's the fiber that helps with creating 
and maintaining the gut bacteria. Mm -hmm. And of course, you know, if you feed it sugar, then you're going to get an overgrowth of the bad guys and the yeast and all that. Yeah. And um, but I agree that uh, you know juicing is helpful, and 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 still you have to feed the gut bacteria of the ones you want to grow. You feed you feed it. We feed the ones that you want to grow, and then you can eliminate the other guys. Yeah. So for the person listening out there that's battling a chronic condition, and I know it's not a one size fits all, but they're listening to this podcast, they're hearing us talk about all these different things. If you could tell them one thing, regardless of the illness, what would that be? Eat real food. Eat the best quality foods you can eat. Um, eliminate the sugar. Eliminate the processed junk. Um, organic is is apparently better, but there's different grades of organic. Right. And you can you can see it in the grocery store. You you see the plants that look healthy, you know, like the zucchini or something, and the others, and and. And you can see the ones that look sick, yeah. <laughs> you know, because there's different grades of organic. So you eat the healthiest foods you can get, grass-fed, cage-free, wild-caught animal products, uh, organic vegetables from, you know, high quality. And you can, you can see it yeah. when you look at the vegetables a lot of times. If they're, you know, if they look like they got a lot of holes in them from bugs, well, the bugs are eating them. Yeah. Bugs will come from up to five miles away to eat the the foods that don't have the the phytochemicals in them the, the plants make their own pesticides or they wouldn't be on earth today yeah if they didn't make their own pesticides they're not here yeah but when we have to apply pesticides it's totally different five miles most humans don't even travel that far to get something to eat in this country <laughs> <laughs> yeah bugs will travel five miles yeah they're more dedicated than we are is that what you're saying well, they know that they, they go after the sick plants. The yeah. healthy plants are making their own natural pesticides, mm -hmm. or they wouldn't be here today. Yep. Linda, I hate to say it, but we're, uh, we're running out of time. Um, this has been a lot of fun, and I uh, really appreciate having you on. And we haven't even scratched the surface of the different things I wanted to get into. Um, so hopefully we can do that on another episode. Now, how can people find you for those listening? Um, I have um, a couple websites. Uh, they can also just call me. Uh, my phone number is 602-565-9273. And I have uh, drlindawright.net. Uh, mm -hmm. And they can find me through there. DrLindaWright.net and um, RealHealth411. At uh, that's my email is RealHealth411 at gmail.com. They can reach me that way. Okay, we'll make sure to put those in the show notes too, so uh, people can see it. Okay. This has been a lot of fun, Dr. Linda Wright. Thanks for being here. We'll definitely uh, be bugging you to come back and uh, give us your expert insights on all things health. Are you good with that? That sounds great. Awesome. Well, thanks for being here. And that's going to do it for this edition of the Natural Man Podcast. Make sure you subscribe to us. Check us out. We're on YouTube and we are at naturalmanpodcast.com. We're also streaming on Fountain. I'm Mike C. Until next time, stay healthy. The Natural Man Podcast. Check us out. Naturalmanpodcast.com. Come on a journey like no other, where you will discover many roads that will lead you to a happier, healthier, and more stress-free life. And the beauty is, you don't need any vacation time for this adventure. The journey will come to you. Join Avery Rich on your very own journey into yoga. Along the way, she will demystify yoga poses and guide you into a yoga posture or short sequence, all in less than 15 minutes. You have nothing to lose but stress. The Journey Into Yoga podcast. It's not for people who like yoga. It's for people who don't like yoga. Follow or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at AveryRich.com. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. 
Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.